Hello, everyone, and welcome back yet again to another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast, where we are bringing folks from in and around the Quad Cities area who are doing some pretty cool things. So we're, we have them here on the podcast, and we're going to chop it up for a little bit and see what they're up to, see what they have going on, and you know, hopefully you guys can uh, walk away with a pretty cool uh, idea of who they are and get a few tips on how you can go ahead and be a little bit more awesome yourself. And this time around, I am super excited because I have an old, old classmate of mine from the high school days joining oh. me on the podcast. We have Corey Willett. Corey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. It's been a long ways. We've come a long way since those high school yearbook classes. Yearbook class. <laughs> My favorite class in high school. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, the, the reason I'm bringing you onto the podcast today is because for the last few years or so, you've been doing some really, really cool things with body painting and art uh, through your twist and bangs yes. brand and all that. So really, I just want to talk about that. I want to talk about some of the cool things that that's enabled you to do here in the past. And I really got to talk about you know what the future may hold for you. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, so before we get started and everything and get you know, super deep in the conversation, go ahead and just let everyone know, for those who don't know you, exactly who is Corey Willett. Um, I am Corey Willett, and I am a hairstylist day by day. And then I also do, in my free time, I do body paint. I like to travel and hang out with my dog. And I guess that's, I mean, <laughs> I didn't really have a prepared thing, but... Yeah, I'm not pretty energetic and I get a lot of stuff done. <laughs> cool deal. So let's go ahead and get right into it. The, how did you get introduced to this love for body painting? Um, so basically, I had planned on just a couple of years ago, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I said, I'm going to do body paint for Halloween or just do makeup looks. So I got together about 10 of like, you know, like a devil and like, you know, an angel, all these different looks like that. And I thought, well, I'm going to do those on myself, show people and say, these are the ones I can do. I can't do anything else. I'm just going to do those. So that Halloween, I did makeup for people and I just kept going after that. And then I never did makeup for, you know, I didn't really do it as like a, you know, an actual job for people on Halloween after that, but I did it on myself. <laughs> awesome. Cool deal. And you know, I've seen some of the designs that you've done with a lot of your different art you know really talk about like how did you really like get to the point where you are now where you're doing these like really lifelike you know, designs <laughs> and like some of them are like just to me they're, they're like mind-blowing and so really like how did that whole process come about that you're going to do like these super you know big and super detailed designs um it started off kind of slow so if you look at the stuff i did like years ago it was really small very basic. There wasn't much shadowing. I'm actually not a great artist on paper. If you handed me a piece of paper and said, Corey, draw this. I like, I can't do it. Um, so it had to be like something that just kind of evolved on my own skin. And once I started doing just like simple things like pop art zombies, and then I'd put a little couple rhinestones, then I, I would think, okay, if I did this this one time, what can I do next time to elevate it? And usually that just means adding more and more. 
So I went from being in design that would take me like an hour and a half to next thing you know, I'm doing these seven hour long paint jobs and the cleanup takes hours and my skin is mad. And <laughs> But it's just something that just, it evolved over time just because it had to in order for me to top what I did the time before. Cool. And you mentioned earlier, you know, some of the estimated times that it would take to, you know, to put on all this paint. Like, talk about that. Talk about the process that goes into Ugh. doing something like that. So usually what I do is the day before, I'll get an idea in my head. Like, I did this steampunk, um, like a skull steampunk thing. So what I did was the day before, I decided tomorrow I'm going to do this. So when I woke up the next day, like while I was working and, you know, doing hair, like I kind of zone, you know, I have to get in the zone when I'm foiling and all that. I'll start thinking, okay, how am I going to add to this? How am I going to create this when I get home? So I get home and the first thing I do is I get out all of my like tools, all the little beads and little, you know, metal pieces and stuff that I'm going to use and attach to myself to make this. And then I will, like, if I have to create head pieces and things like that, I have to do those ahead of time. But usually my goal is I start about 9 p.m. And I have to be done with the chest part by about midnight. And then I do the face. It usually takes me the longest because it's the focal point. And then I have to do the pictures. Usually I have to start pictures by 2 a.m. Because just otherwise I'm never going to get to sleep that night. And so what I'll do is about 2 a.m. I take a bunch of pictures. I go and I jump in the shower, throw my hair up in a bun. I go to bed. Usually like this time of year, I'm going to start working about 10 a.m. And honestly, it works out pretty well. I just paint like four times a week. And so I do them on the weekends and then two throughout the week. So it's not a big deal to be a little bit lost on sleep. And so I just kind of pace it like that. But um, the problem is, is the cleanup afterwards, because usually during October, my house is a mess when I get done. There's just rhinestones everywhere, little sticky things everywhere, pieces of ribbon and lace and on stuff all over the place, just because when you get done at 4 a.m., you just want to throw everything in a pile and go to bed. <laughs> I bet. So like how, so um, like how much paint do you think you probably go through in like just one sitting? Um, it's really not bad. So I use, these are the pucks that I use. One of these, I probably go through, I've probably only gone through like 20 of like even the black ones, like as black and white are the colors I use the most. I probably only go through like 20, maybe 25 of those pucks the entire time I've been doing makeup, which has been like five or seven years, five to seven years. Depends on when you want to judge when I got really started. <laughs> so they actually last a decent amount of time. Really cool. And what do you think is like your favorite? Thing that you've painted on you uh, throughout the entire experience? Um, I have this galaxy skeleton thing I did and it was inspired by a tattoo artist that I'd seen but um, my favorite thing about it was it took me seven and a half hours. Once I got started um, it had to be really symmetrical and it is very hard. I'm painting in a mirror so it's just like you know I'm painting and everything had to be perfect. I stopped that paint job four times. I was like, I'm not finishing this. And I go sit on the couch and then I'd have to give myself a pep talk and be like, you painted this much, get back in there and finish it. And so I started and stopped it so many times. And once I got done with it, it was, it's something about like the photography part of it. Everything was just surreal and really beautiful. And it was so perfect. It is my absolute favorite pop partially because it took me so long to finish and I wasn't going to. So it was like a good pep talk and you know, a good example for me, <laughs> just to persevere. I bet, I bet you really have to like really get in, into your head and like really like pump yourself up yeah. when you're, when you're that far <laughs> into so doing a project like that, you know, the mental, the mental part, I'm sure oh, is yeah. a huge part of the game. Well, sometimes you start one and you get into it and it's like, 
this is going to take hours longer than I thought. So you kind of panic, but once you get into it, you're done. You're like, I have to finish this because otherwise all of this was for nothing. And so it's also like, I have ADHD, so it's really good for me mentally because it really makes me push through and it makes me finish a project. If I painted on canvases, I'd have a stack of canvases that were half finished because I just like, I'd be like, yeah, I'll finish it later, but this I have to finish. Otherwise it's a waste of time. Nice. About when do you think it was when like you realized that, oh man, this is like really is turning into something big. Uh, when did that really you know, kick in? So I would say it was probably like 2016 was when I started getting lots of shares and lots of reposts and, you know, followers and all that stuff. And I was like, I must have something like really good I'm doing. Cause you know, you're always putting yourself up against other artists. So I kept thinking, well, I want to do as good as that person did. And it's good to reach for the stars, but I kind of was having a hard time gauging like how decent I was at it. And so once it started taking off, I was like, oh, I'm like, I feel like I'm on a good path. People are liking that I'm adding to the designs I'm doing. And I kept getting brighter and bolder with it. And it just kept growing. And then you have companies reaching out going, hey, we'll send you this or we'll pay you this, you know, in order to do a design form and everything. And that's when you know, you're like, okay, I must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's cool that you've been able to have that type of a of an impact and get that type of attention you know when you're saying you know other companies are reaching out to you yeah. because of something that you're just doing for fun like that must have yeah. been awesome oh god it was great and it's hard because you have to like make sure that when someone reaches out and they're like so i had you know disney reached out to me to do looks for them and they were like well we're gonna pay like of course i want to work for disney are you kidding me yeah um, so I sent them my price sheet and they were like, oh, no, we can't do that. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, because it's like, yeah, I'm doing it for fun. But also, like, at the same time, this is hours and hours of work and I've mm -hmm. built a lot. So I can't just do it for free either. So that started to be the problem, too, is trying to balance that along with like, but I want to do it, but I don't want to cheapen it for the next person either kind of thing. Yes. Wow. You think Disney would be, would have, would, would have any problem with, with cash? <laughs> Uh, yeah. And honestly, like as far as like, because I mean, you can look up like basic, like price list for stuff. If you're an, I hate saying influencer, I'm not an influencer, but like for creators, um, you can like look up basic price sheets and literally like my prices were not bad. The problem is, is that there's like, you know, let's say the girl they ended up asking was probably starting out and thought, Oh, that's cool. They're paying me at all. So she just took it. Whereas like me, who's like, I've built my skills. So that's why I always tell people, I'm like, you need to charge no matter what, because that's just how it goes. Like if they're asking, if Disney got a hold of you, they saw some skill in what you did and they want it. So, you know, that's why I, that was like the hardest part was balancing that. <laughs> you bet. So I think you kind of touched base on it a little bit earlier, but how many breaks do you take when you're, when you're doing a project or do you just hammer or do you just go full force and just get it done? Oh my God. Okay. I can't sit for very long. So usually like, and I have to like, so I take a break probably every 20, 30 minutes. And so usually what I have to do because I'll snack a bunch. So I'll get like a big bag of grapes and I have to set them out in my, my living room. So I just get up because if I don't take a break, it's like looking at it with fresh eyes. If I don't take a break, I start to get lost in it and all of a sudden it just turns into a muddy mess, but also my attention span is not great. So usually I just have to get up and like take a break, do a lap around the house and come back. Gotcha. And I know you said that you like to start your, your actual photo ops around 
the 2 a.m. time frame. Has there have there ever been like some that like went longer or took longer oh, to take? It's happened so many times where like I try to stick to a time frame and I can't. Um, I really do think it's a mental thing because I feel like I can get it done if I need to. It, like if I work the next day, I have no choice. I have to get it done. But there's been times I went to bed at 6 a.m. Like just because you can't, again, you got to finish it. I'll get done and look at it and go, those contacts didn't work. That wig didn't work. Like I'll download a couple of the pictures and maybe I had the settings on my camera wrong. And I'm like, well, now is not the time to like throw it all away. I have to go back and redo it. And oh God, that's excruciating. <laughs> oh man. I'm sure, I'm sure that happens until like, go back or like fix something like how 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 would that work to go when you have when it's when already painted on you how do you go about like fixing it and stuff like that it comes out pretty easily with soap and water so i go through a million q-tips <laughs> because you just have to keep wetting them down and dabbing it back on but it's not too bad the issue is when i wear certain contact lenses because when you change them out it messes your eye makeup up because you kind of you know, your eyes will kind of be mad about it. So that's usually the biggest issue, but changing stuff up usually isn't a big deal unless it's like sometimes you'll get done and the face just isn't working at all. So I have to go wipe the entire nose off. I have to wipe all the lips off and, you know, I'll be like, oh, the purple lip didn't work. I need a pink. And then to wipe it, you have to wipe everything off to restart it. And it's just, it's worth it in the end. But in the moment, you're just like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> so, so like what so I know you said that after you ha have to shower, you had to get it all off through shower. How long are the showers? Like how, how long does it take to get all this stuff off you? Not too bad. I do have to have a mirror in the shower because I'll get out and I still have like, it's always stuck under here or it's stuck like on the sides of my neck and stuff. So I have a mirror in there and I have to look and scrub. And honestly, it comes off so easily. Um, the issue is when I do the looks with a lot of like rhinestones, the liquid latex like sticks. And so I have to sit there and peel all that off. Um, there's also a medical grade glue that I use and it, that stuff is really hard to get off. I have to actually soak it off with uh, cotton balls and a special solution. And, but most of the time the next day you get all that black. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of times, most looks I do have like really dark eyes. So you'll use this really thick black, like pencil and it's always stuck on my eyes for the next three days. Three days. Holy crap. Oh, it just doesn't. I mean, I can scrub to get it off, but it hurts my eyes. So I don't. <laughs> Oh man. And by that time you have to already get ready and get started on doing the next one. Right. After that. <laughs> Helps. It just like sticks there. So like, yeah, I'll just use it tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, I remember uh, a couple years ago, you actually came on to, uh, the local news station channel eight. They invited you for that. Yeah. And I, re I remember you came in and did some cool things for that. So what was that like being recognized by, know these local outlets and everything it was cool just because it's like it seems like such a simple thing but at the same time I was like to have like local people be like hey this girl's pretty cool we want her on there and it was just this fun experience like you know getting to watch first I really liked watching their process behind the scenes because I'm on a desk like across from them watching them shoot how they do things and that was pretty cool um but just like I don't know I guess knowing that they saw value in what I do and it was it was really cool I don't know I've done it a couple times and each time I'm like, it's so nerve wracking, but it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that was a, well, like a two, a two hour show and normally yeah. it takes you a lot longer to do, to do your so, projects and everything. What I learned um, after the first time I did it, I did something really simple the first time I did it. And then after that, what I would do is I would paint the chest and then I'd come in and do just do the face on their um, program. 
so that worked out pretty well. You know, you learn. Nice. And I know, obviously, couldn't do any conventions last year because of the pandemic. Yeah. But I believe the year before, you're also I wrote, were at some of the local uh, like conventions and stuff like yeah. Midwest Monster Fest and QC Planet Funk Con and all that. And you yeah. were there and doing some work. Yeah, that was really fun. It, again, it's hard because it is a slow process, so people want to watch. That's fine, but it's kind of boring to watch. It's fun if you speed it up, but if, you have, if you're just sitting, so people would come over and be like just watching and like looking over our shoulder, and it's just like, it's kind of awkward, but I mean, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, it's fun, but I'm like, so most of the time, if you're going to be there for like four or five hours, then that's when it's fun because you get to come back and go, holy crap, that's coming together, you know, so we would get that a lot, and, um, you know finding a model that can stand there too and deal with it. Cause it's hard because every, you know, being the model, you're just standing there and it's awkward and people are staring at you where I'm working and I'm in the zone. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, those, the conventions were super fun and I'm hoping eventually I can, I can do doing them. So. Right. Yeah. Cause I remember you coming to the conventions and you know, the big, huge props to those ladies for just sitting there and, and letting yes. you, you paint them. Cause yeah, that. It is not easy. Goodness. Yeah, it's, I think that's probably like definitely the worst job is having to be the model because everyone's staring at you, taking your picture and you're, you're very exposed. So I'm always like, I can't thank them enough. You know, I'm like, you know, I guess a lot of it too, though. A lot of people, I have people ask all the time, they can be models. So it's really not, you know, for me, I'm like, well, they get the experience of it, I guess. So, and it, honestly, I think it's super fun. But. Oh, and what did they think the models when, when it was all, all done and everything? Like what, what was their take from it all? Um, you know, one time I painted a girl and when I got done, she was like, this is to her. She goes, this is like the sexiest I've ever felt in my own skin. It's just like a fun, like you just look at yourself in a different way. I feel like, um, you know, you transform into somebody else. You have a work of art on your own body, which is already a work of art. And it just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are just, they're very happy and super surprised. And I don't know. I love like the one time I painted one of my girlfriends, we went out to eat afterwards. So she was dressed as a zombie and we were at like a barrel house in Moline and I walked away to go to the bathroom and I came back out. She's just sitting there dressed like a zombie drinking her drink. And I'm like, I was laughing so hard because she's just, just sitting there with a wig on just as a zombie drinking her drink, you know, just fun people are, and people are, they react so positively to it. You know, no one's That's like, good. everyone's just really excited and, smiling and taking your picture and all that so yeah I remember uh one of the women that you you painted I, I believe it was the corpse bride yeah. um painting that you did and yeah. I had someone else who knew her said that she came up later that night and played volleyball still yep. in, in the paint yep and so because she goes can I wear this out I was like yes you can just bring me the wig later <laughs> so yeah she went and picked up I think her kids were there and so she went went there dressed as corpse prank it's awesome that's so cool that's so cool and speaking of big companies that reached out to you I'm a huge wrestling fan so what <laughs> I heard that you did the paint work for Finn Balor during his yeah. demon days I thought that was <laughs> incredible how did that happen um so actually he had gotten a hold of me like just independently through email and he had seen my work and he's he's like hey would you be interested in this and i didn't know anything about wrestling at the time and so i had to go look it up and um like at first when i read it it like came through my email i had kept getting those like nigerian prince scams oh man and when i oh, when i saw the name his real name on the 
thing. I, all I saw was his name and then it said Prince or Prince Devitt. And I was like, oh God, another one of those scams. And I X'd out of it because I thought it was like, send this money to like, you know, I kept getting those emails. So then I opened it back up and I was like, oh, this is an actual thing. And so then I messaged a couple of my friends who watch wrestling and I'm like, who's Finn Baylor? <laughs> and of course they lost their minds and was like, no, email him back. And I was like, all right. And so just kind of, and after that, obviously like WWE themselves got in touch with me. And so that was, that was really cool. <laughs> oh man, I bet, I bet. So like how, what did you guys like talk about when you're painting that, that idea or that design or are you able to talk about too many of those details? Um, I mean, honestly, no. I mean, it really wasn't anything too extraordinary other than normal conversation. He's a super nice guy. Um, I mean, basically just normal, like, you know, talking about the design and he's, you know, off in his own zone anyway when you're painting because he's getting ready to go out there. So he's just kind of chill and doesn't talk a whole lot. So there really wasn't much conversation, but, um, you know, going over the designs, you know, you have to get it okayed through creative and all that stuff. So that was probably like the hardest part was coming up with, 20 designs for them to take elements of three of them and go, those are okay. You know, so that was the hardest part was having so many ideas you had to come up with and only have a couple. Okay. And, but you know, it was all right. Cause usually, you know, I can make anything happen in terms of, you know, once I have the idea down. So. Nice. And how long did it take you to paint that on them? Oh, that was the hardest part was obviously with a company like that, you need to be fast and, um, it would take me two to three hours, but I mean, they wanted it done in an hour and a half, two hours. So since I don't use an airbrush, um, that was definitely one of the hardest things because the paint has to build and they, I mean, they understood. I talked to them about it ahead of time, but yeah, it was definitely one of the hardest things was there was no room for error. You had to get it done. And I remember one time he had like the green tongue and I started painting it red. Well, it's very hard to get red paint off. And he looked down and he goes, I thought you're supposed to do that green. I was like, I, oh my gosh, I like, was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I had to hurry up and wipe it off. I mean, we were fine. It just took me like five minutes just to get that off so I could redo it in green. But, you know, again, you just have to be quick. There's no, there's no room for air. You just got to get it done and get them out there. Cool. Cool. And what were like, um, you know, some of the different responses that you gotten from him, from anyone else there? Like, like what, what was their takeaway from, from seeing um, it when it was all finished. I mean, honestly, of course, they all loved it and stuff. And it, it was really, you know, people getting to see it come together. Always, everyone always has a positive response to that. But honestly, it was one of those things that I kind of just had to get my job done and get out of there. So I didn't get to see a whole lot of like anything else. So it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, I did be there for touch-ups and things like that, but I didn't get to see a whole lot of like, I guess people's reactions and everything, so. That's so cool. That is so awesome. It was fun. Great opportunity. And I'm really appreciative that I got to do that, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm knowing more and more people who are doing like work with WWE now too. Like my, my cousin, he's a violinist and he played uh, Shinsuke Nakamura out to the ring one time, which That's was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and obviously have so many friends who are with the Black and Brave Academy. Oh, the, yeah, for sure. Yeah, ran by uh, you know, Seth Rollins himself. So, yeah. you know, there are more people that I know who are always oh. showing up on WWE TV. So it's I, it's so cool. Yeah, it's great. They seem like they give a lot of people, like, just opportunities here and there. So. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, now, kind of 
turning gears here just a little bit, you mentioned earlier that you like to do a lot of traveling, right? A lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of going to various different places. I see a lot of places you go to are like very mountainy as well, which is awesome. What was that? I said that a lot of places that you go to are very mountainy. Yes, for sure. I love climbing mountains. I think it's because I'm in the Midwest that my brain automatically goes, no, you need to climb a mountain because it's so flat here. <laughs> so like, how did you get that travel bug? Like just um, just go different places. So like all throughout my life, I always wanted to travel and nobody, they go, oh yeah, we'll go do that. And so then nothing would ever come from it. I also didn't really have real world experience with traveling and honestly, WWE being able to travel for that, that helped because I did so much of it. I worked for sexy hair doing education. I had to travel a bunch for that. So it started helping me realize that I can fly alone. I can book this myself. I can do all this stuff. So then, um, I remember Ireland was like my first real big trip. And I was like, I can do this by myself. I don't have to wait for someone to say they're going to come with me. I don't have to wait for someone to come out there half the money. I can just book it myself and go. And so after that, once you realize you can do things by yourself, it life becomes much easier. <laughs> You're not waiting around. So yeah, that made it, you know, kind of got me going. And I feel like I can absorb a lot more when I'm by myself. And so yeah, that actually helped a lot. <laughs> I totally relate to that. Yeah, I do a lot of my own traveling by myself as well that's you know, great just and it's, it's it's a cool experience too it's like really like kind of like forces you to like you really have to know what you're doing like there's no like rubber air you no know, because you really are by yourself yep me and my over preparing like now i've got the bag that weighs like 25 pounds when i go on these hikes and stuff and make me a little sketchy but for the most part i got you know i carry an emergency gps with me so like unless i fall unless I fell down a crevasse, there's no way like I can, you know, call for emergency help and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, gotta be prepared. Yeah. So what's the coolest place you've been able to visit? I would definitely say like Banff and Jasper up in Canada. That was beautiful. But, you know, I just did a tour of California. That was amazing. And Zion National Park was beautiful. Washington is just blew my mind. And so I just feel like Ireland was yeah, that one was amazing too. I just feel like every place has its own like amazing little quirks that you get there and you're like, but this was really cool. But then you went here and that was really cool. And it's all different landscapes. So they all have their own pros and cons. Nice. Do you have any like cool stories, you know, from your, your, your traveling? Um, I mean, I guess like, you know, the hardest part about traveling alone is I want to be in some of the pictures too. So I usually travel with a tripod. And I wanted to do these like princess pictures when I was in Ireland where I brought, I brought a giant poofy skirt. I bought a really cute top with it. And I brought a tiara. I was like, I'm going to be a princess outside an Irish castle. And I went all throughout Ireland. And the problem with the castles there is a lot of them are huge. And I only had a self timer. So I broke my tripod and then I was like, oh, I can make it work. And so one morning I dressed like a princess. It was like, I found this like cool. It was an old, like, um, old military barracks from the 19, like forties and it had been bombed out or not. I don't know if it was bombed out, but the fire had obviously hit it. Like it was pretty dilapidated. Um, so I went up and I started to like do these pictures and nobody else was up there. It was technically on private property, even though people were up there from time to time. And this couple randomly, I hid behind a bush because a couple was walking up and I was like, okay, I have to let them know I'm here. And so I have like bright purple hair. I'm wearing a tiara. I'm dressed like a princess. And I pop up out of the bush 
and they were like, they jumped like 10 feet in the air. And I was like, I am so sorry. Um, can you guys take my picture? I'm here by myself. <laughs> and so that was just like one of the perils of traveling alone is like trying to also be involved, like, you know, to get pictures and stuff like that. But I hope I at least made a mark on them for their uh, trip since I scared them half to death. Well, I'm sure they probably <laughs> had a good story to tell as well. I kind of wanted to get their socials so I can message them later and be like, so <laughs> do you want to see the pictures you took? But it was like, I was glad I got it to work because it was honestly, it was a really cool picture they took and I was really excited, but yeah, I mean, so. That's awesome. You have any other, do you have any future plans on any places you want to go or anything like that? Um, so I'm heading to the Apostle Islands to go kayaking in Wisconsin. Um, it's just beautiful up there. And then I'm going to Oregon at the end of September as well. But right now with COVID, you just, I'm supposed to do Ireland in the spring and Iceland in the like summer next year, but it kind of, it depends. Cause obviously right now you just don't know what's going to happen. So right. that's the hardest part about discovering you love traveling is now it's kind of getting pulled back. But I mean, obviously I want to be as safe as possible and keep everyone around me safe. So it is what it is. <laughs> For sure. Do you have any pieces of advice, any tips that you want to share with any artists out there who is very interested in really you know, exploring their art, exploring their craft, or just getting their name out there? Do you have any types of you know, um, things you want to share with them? I feel like what I hear from a lot of like younger artists that are starting out is that they feel embarrassed when they don't do well. And the biggest thing I'll say is that you will learn from every single tiny mistake you make. And so you just have to push through it and keep going. I mean, every time I can look back at all my old stuff and nitpick it, I can look back at my newer stuff and nitpick it. There's always something I could have done differently, but I just tell people like, you need to practice. Um, that's one of the issues right now is I'm starting to get back into it for Halloween. I'm going to have what I call my ring rust for painting because I have to get back into it. Um, and I don't, I have to tell myself that because I'm going to get discouraged when I sit down to try to paint, the look doesn't pan out because I haven't painted in six months. So it's just like, you have to keep going. You have to keep trying. You will always evolve. Take as many classes as you can. Watch as many YouTube videos as you can. Take every bit of advice you can get from any creator out there. Ask questions, um, you know, and when it comes to like building an audience and everything, that one gets tricky just because it's so different than when I first started out that I'm, you know, just a different world for building an audience, but you need to have a personality and you need to make sure everyone knows it. And, yep. You just got to put it through your work. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So how can people find you if they want to look you up online or anything like that? I look at a million accounts. Um, so I have my Twist and Bangs um, Instagram, which is just Twistin without a G, Twist and Bangs. And then I have for my hair, because I do a lot with hair and photography for hair. Um, that's Twist and Bangs Hair. And then I have just my Corey Willett, C-O-R-I-E-W-I-L-L-E-T is my Instagram that I put a lot of my traveling pictures on. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Corey, thank you so much for, for taking no time out of your very busy schedule to take to talk with us here on the podcast. Definitely yeah, appreciate no you and appreciate everything that you are doing here in the QC. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> okay. And everyone at home, thank you for checking out another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. Stay followed <laughs> to us on all the social media accounts 100 underscore series so you know exactly when the next episode is going to drop thank you again and as always wishing you peace prosperity and positivity take care of yourselves and as always keep it 100. <laughs>